I want to invite you to turn in your Bible this morning to Mark chapter 2. Gospel of Mark chapter 2. This morning we'll be looking at verses 13 to 17. Mark 2, 13 to 17. Once you've located that, I'll invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word. And he went out again by the seashore, and all the people were coming to him, and he was teaching them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. And it happened that he was reclining at the table in his house. And many tax collectors and sinners were dining with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many of them and they were following him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, why is he eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners? Hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Let's pray. Our God and Father, we need very much to hear what it is you would teach us through these words. We understand, God, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And this is a word you have given us for our own spiritual good. That we may know you through your son Jesus. That we may be transformed to his image. That we may grow in love and grace. Oh God, please open our hearts and eyes and ears to receive the divine truth of these verses. Transform us by the renewing of our minds through the scripture today. We ask for it for Jesus' sake and for our own good. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Years ago, the United States Marine Corps used to have a slogan, looking for a few good men. You remember that? They even made a movie with that name, A Few Good Men. The message of this text is just the opposite of that. Jesus is not looking for a few good men. Not looking for any good men. The message of this text is simply this. Jesus came for sinners. Jesus didn't come looking for good men. Jesus came for men who know that they are broken. Who know that they are separated from God by their sin. Jesus came for sinners. And listen, that's the greatest news you and I could possibly hear. Because whether you figured it out or not, when it says Jesus came for sinners, that's you and me. We're sinful. And Despite our wickedness and our brokenness, we are exactly the people he came for. In the Gospel of Mark, we've seen Jesus start his public ministry. He begins teaching with such great authority. The people are awed by the authority of his teaching. They see him healing people and casting out demons and 
the people are just astonished at the authority that Jesus seems to have. He calls his first four disciples, Simon and Andrew, James and John, and his ministry is beginning to pick up a little steam. But now when we get to chapter 2, we see controversy begin to brew. The first controversy we saw when Jesus said to the man who was a paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. And the religious folks said, Do what? Who is this who can forgive sins? Nobody can forgive sins but God. So here's this controversy. And now in this text, we have another controversy. This time the controversy is this. Jesus seems just a little too cozy around these sinful folks. And what we're going to learn is that those sinful folks are exactly the people Jesus came for. And I want you to see that in, by making three observations from this text this morning. Here's the first one. Jesus called us knowing we were sinners. Jesus called you and I to be his disciples, to follow him, knowing how sinful we were. Look at verse 13. I want you to notice what it says. He went out again by the seashore. Now, why does Mark say he went out again by the seashore? Why didn't he just say he went by the seashore? He says, no, he went out again. Because once before, in chapter 1, we saw Jesus by the seashore. And Mark's trying to remind us of that. You remember what Jesus did while he was there? He was calling his first disciples. So Mark is cluing us in what Jesus is doing here. He's in this mode to call disciples. So he's once again by the sea looking for disciples. And it says all the people came to him. Literally it says all the crowd. Mass of people crowd around Jesus and he's teaching them. Now watch verse 14. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. Levi is who you and I would know as Matthew, the author of the first gospel and one of the twelve apostles. He's sitting at a tax booth. He's a tax collector. Now let me tell you just a little bit about tax collectors. They are despised in Jewish society. They are considered among the worst of sinners. And here's why. You see, tax collectors were Jewish men who were on contract with the Roman government to collect taxes from their own people. This is the way it worked. A person would bid for the contract to be a tax collector. Whoever won the contract would agree to give a certain amount of taxes to Rome every year. Anything over and above that, they got to keep for themselves. So with the authority of Rome, 
they collected taxes from the Jewish people and anything extra they got over the allotted amount they pocketed. And they got filthy, stinking rich off of their own Jewish people. Matthew was what we would call a toll collector. He had a booth by the highway that ran along the Sea of Galilee and he would collect a toll tax on goods traveling back and forth. And these tax collectors were known to be without any scruples whatsoever. Extortion. They'd use any means necessary to milk every nickel out of their own people they could. They were getting rich off of their own people. Maybe now you understand a little bit why they were so despised. They were not allowed to enter the temple. They were considered unclean and the most wicked of sinners. Absolutely despised in Jewish society. Now I want you to get this in your mind. Mark has already clued us in that Jesus is looking for disciples. He's in that mode. And he's got this whole crowd of people he's teaching them. And he can call any of these people. But he goes to this tax collector, wicked man, and says, follow me. Couldn't he find somebody in that crowd a little more respectable? Sure he could. But he goes to Matthew and you say, well, well, did he realize Levi was a tax collector? Sure he did. Look at verse 14. Where was Levi? Sitting in the tax booth. I mean, he, he, it was obvious who he was. It's like, he, he, you know, he was sitting at the desk in the IRS office. He couldn't hide who he was. Everybody knew. Jesus knew who he was. And when he looks for a disciple, he goes to the, the worst guy in the crowd. The guy who's not even there to hear him teach. He's sitting there collecting taxes. Jesus calls him to be a disciple and he knows who he is. He knows what kind of guy he is. And he went to him on purpose. I want you to hear what I'm saying to you. If you're a Christian today, I mean, if you've genuinely been born again, when Jesus called you to himself, when he called you to follow him, when he made you his disciple, he knew you. Everything about you. He was under no illusion about your character. Can I tell you something? He knew every lie you ever told. He knew every nickel you ever took from your mama's purse. He knew every time you cheated at school. He knew every vulgar, profane word you ever spoke. He knew every time you were unkind to somebody else. Every time you used your words to hurt people. He knew. He knew all of it. All your greed. All your anger, all your selfishness, all your acts of immorality, all of your wicked thoughts, all of your substance abuse. He knew all of it. He was under no illusion about who you were. 
Not only did he know every sin you ever committed, he knew every sin you ever would commit. And yet still he called you to be his disciple, to follow him and to have eternal life. He knew every time you did what God told you not to do. And he knew every time you failed to do what God told you to do. Those deepest, darkest secrets that nobody knows but you. He knows. He knew it. When he called you to be his disciple. He knew everything there was to know about you. He saw the blackness of your heart as clear as day. And yet he still called you to be his disciple. Why? Because Jesus came for sinners. I, I want to show you something else. Not only did Jesus call us knowing we were sinners. Look at this. Jesus called us while we were sinners. After Jesus calls Matthew, he says, follow me. Matthew gets up, leaves his tax booth, leaves his lucrative business behind, and he follows Jesus. Apparently they went back to Jesus' home, uh, to uh, Matthew's home, because you see in verse 15, Jesus is in Matthew's home at dinner, and there is a whole crowd of other tax collectors and sinners there. Now the word sinners refers to what we'd call unchurched folks, worldly people, irreligious people who didn't, they just didn't practice religion. They didn't, they didn't ignore, they just ignored God. They didn't worry about God's laws or God's rules. And people like that in Jewish society would be outcasts. I mean, if you didn't obey the Torah, if you didn't, you know, go to church, quote, you would have, you would have been outcast. Well, so tax collectors and sinners were gathered at Matthew's house because that's the only kind of folks who would have anything to do with him. Right? When you're an outcast, you have to hang out with other outcasts because all the good, respectable folks in society would shun him. So all of Matthew's friends and acquaintances were other tax collectors like him and people who were sinful, godless people, and they all collected at Matthew's house. Matthew is celebrating becoming a follower of Jesus. And it says in verse 15, Jesus and his disciples are reclining at the table in his house. Now, let me just give you a picture of this. They didn't have seats around a table. The table would have been low, close to the ground. And you laid on your side with your head by the table and your feet sticking away from the table and you would recline on one arm and eat with the other. That's the way it worked. That's why it talks about reclining at table. But they would have been like this around the table and then it was a meal. And Jesus was not only dining with them, He was teaching them. How do I know that? Look at verse 15 again. He was reclining at the table in Levi's house or Matthew. Many tax collectors and sinners were dining with Jesus and His disciples, for there were many of them and they were following Him. Many of these tax collectors and sinners 
had become part of Jesus' larger group of disciples. It says they were following Him. And if you'll notice, when you look in Mark's Gospel, the people who it says were following Jesus so far are all people that were doing it at Jesus' call. In other words, they followed Him because He invited them to, or didn't really invite them to, it's really a command, follow me. So what the picture is, Jesus is in this home and He's talking with these people about the gospel of the kingdom, about who He is and why He's come, and He's telling them what He told Matthew, follow me. Follow me. Repent and believe the good news. And it says many of them were following Him. You know what's astonishing here? To the religious folk, if you'll notice in the next verse, verse 16, the Pharisees, the religious elite of the day, they said, why is he eating with tax collectors and sinners? You don't do this. You see, for Jewish society, especially back then, table fellowship was sacred. You didn't sit down and have a meal with just anybody. You had a meal with those that you accepted. It was a sign of friendship and intimacy and and in that society, you don't associate with sinful people like this. They wouldn't have had a problem with Jesus calling these sinful people to repent. And then later, if they clean up and straighten their life out, then if Jesus wants to call him to be his disciples, that's fine. But he can't go to them like they are in this sinful condition they are and, and, and go in there and eat with them and call them to be his disciples when they're such sinful people. You don't do that. Jesus was again breaking their rules. This is what I want you to notice. This is, this is incredible to notice this. For the, for the religious folk, look, they're not good, respectable religious folk. You can't call people to be your disciples who are not good, upstanding religious folks. You don't want sinners to be your disciples. Think of it like this. You wake up tomorrow morning and you're sick. So you pick up the phone and you call the doctor. Doc, I'm really sick. And the doctor says, okay, as soon as you get well, come to see me. What's wrong with this picture? But see, that's the way the Pharisees were. Oh, you want to be my disciple? Well, as soon as you get well, come see me. As soon as you get your life together, come see me. See, Jesus didn't do that. He didn't make you qualify to become a follower of Jesus. He didn't wait till you got it right to call you to be his disciple. You know why? Because you can't get it right. Never. If he waited for you to straighten up before he called you, he'd never call you. But yet sometimes I hear people say, well, you know, I know I, need to, I know I need to come to Christ. I know I need to be in church, but I just need to get my life together first. You can't get your life together.
So Jesus came to you while you were still in your mess. And he said, follow me. He knew you were a sinner and he called you while you were still a sinner. I want you to notice verse 15. It says Jesus was dining with tax collectors and sinners. It doesn't say he's dining with people who used to be tax collectors and sinners. He says they were at that moment tax collectors and sinners. They were still in their sin. And Jesus goes right among them and calls them while they are still sinners. Why? Because Jesus came for sinners. Jesus came for sinners. I, I want to show you something else here. Jesus called us knowing we were sinners. Jesus called us while we were sinners. And watch this. Jesus called us because we were sinners. We saw in verse 16, the religious folk pitched a fit when they saw Jesus having dinner with these tax collectors and sinners because you, you don't do that. Good religious folks don't do that. You're breaking the rules. You, you, could, you could be given some unclean food. You could be come in contact with unclean people. You defile yourself. You, you don't, good religious folk don't do that. And they want to know why. And in verse 17, Jesus answers them. Look what it says. Hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. One mistake sometimes we make with this verse is we sit around trying to figure out who the righteous are. He says, I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. Okay, we know who the sinners are, but who are these righteous people he, he didn't come for? You're missing the point. You, we're not supposed to try to identify them. We're supposed to hear Jesus say, I came for sinners. I came for sick folk, for sinful folk. Who are the righteous? Nobody. Nobody. You know the only difference in the tax collectors and sinners and the Pharisees and the religious elite you know the only re if you really boil it right down, you know the only real difference in the two? One group knew they were sinners. The other group didn't. One group knew they were unclean in God's sight. The other group thought they were righteous. See, the Pharisees and religious leaders didn't consider themselves sinners. They thought they were righteous in God's sight. But the tax collectors and sinners, they... They understood very well who they were. They knew they were broken. They knew they were sinners. They knew they weren't right with God. See, the religious folks said, you can't associate with those people because they're sinners. Jesus said, I am associating with people because they are sinners. The reason the religious people said Jesus shouldn't be with them is the reason He was with them. He said, I came for people like that. The fact that they're broken and sinful and separated from God, that's the reason I'm here. 
They're the people I came for. And see, in the Pharisees' mind, to, for Jesus to associate with these tax collectors and sinners like this, it was like Jesus doesn't take sin seriously. I want you to think about something. Nobody ever took sin more serious than Jesus. How do I know that? Because he left the throne of heaven, robed himself in flesh, and allowed himself to be nailed to a cross because of sin. Nobody took sin more serious than Jesus. He died to remove it. It's people like these tax collectors and sinners who are separated from God and guilty and they know it. He said, that's who I'm here for. Listen. It would be safe to say, Jesus called you in spite of the fact that you're a great sinner. But it would also be accurate to say, Jesus called you because you were a great sinner. That's the reason He called you to follow Him. It's because you were separated from Him. Why would He call somebody as wicked as a tax collector? That's exactly why. See, in our minds we think, you know, I, I'm such a sinful person, I, I can't, I hear people say sometimes, God can't forgive me from what I've done. You know, I, I don't know, as I said, I don't qualify to follow Jesus because of my sin. And what I try to say to people is, your sin is what qualifies you to follow Jesus. What's the qualification to be a disciple of Jesus? You just got to be a sinner who knows he's a sinner. That's it. And if that's you, the invitation is extended. While you're still in the midst of your sin, in spite of all He knows, He calls us knowing we're sinners while we're sinners because we're sinners. And this is His call. Come, just as you are. That's what He said to Matthew. He didn't say, Matthew, you got to straighten up because I want you to be my disciple. He said, no, follow me. Now, understand this. Following Jesus involves repentance. But don't miss this. Repentance is the response to the call of Jesus, not a prerequisite to it. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus doesn't make you repent before He will call you. You repent when He calls you. It's a response to His call. Not something you have to do before He's willing to invite you to be His disciple. When He calls you, you're still a sinner right in the middle of all of it. And here comes the invitation, follow me. Yes, it means walking away from your sin. Yes, it means a change of life. But that's your response to the call. Right in your sin, He came to you. Why? Because you were a sinner. Listen, what are we saying? Jesus came for sinners. Now there are two ways you and I should respond to this if we're Christians. 
One, I want you to think about what is the call that He gave us. He called us to be His disciples. He came for sinners like us. What did He, what did he call us to do? Follow me. Follow. You understand what it means to follow Jesus? It means to give yourself to believing the things that He says to believe, to living the life that He says to live, to making priority the things that He says to make priority. It means giving your life to conform to the teachings of Jesus. That's what it looks like to follow. It means we give ourselves to believe what He teaches, to practice what He says for us to do. We give ourselves to obedience. We follow. He becomes our master. We become his servants. We do what he says. We go where he says to go. We live the way he says to live. That's what it means to follow. We serve wherever he says to serve. We surrender our lives to his service. That's what it means to follow. Listen, Jesus came to you even though you were a sinner. Because you were a sinner. And he calls you to follow. So what should you do today? Follow. Can I ask you a question today? Are you truly grateful that Jesus came for people like you? I'm not just grateful that Jesus would call somebody like me to follow him. I'm astonished. There are a lot of days I, st I still don't half believe it. I, st I can't. I'll never understand why me. See, I know me. I know things about me none of you know. I know the thoughts that I have in the dark when nobody else is around. I, I, I know this heart. And all the flaws and faults and failures. I'm reminded of them every time I look in the mirror. I know me. And I don't like me. <laughs> Just honest. Why would he call me? He could do so much better. But see, that's to miss the point. He knew me too. And my brokenness and my sin and my wicked thoughts and my temptations to to want to be somebody, the pride of my own heart, those weren't barriers to His call. They were the reason for it. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Your sin is not a barrier to His call to follow Him. It's the reason for His call. So we should follow. And here, here's, here's something else I want to say to you. How do you respond to this understanding that Jesus came for sinners? That means there is no person you know, no person in your life who is too big of a sinner, too great of a sinner for God to save. Nobody. 
Nobody. That person in your family who, who you're just afraid they've just gone too far. They've gone too far. Can I tell you something? The arm of God's grace is infinitely long. There's a song that says, His love will run farther than you can run away. There, there's, there's no sinner you know that's too far gone that he can't reach them. Oh, don't you see? Their great sin is not a barrier to his calling. It's the reason he came to start with. So what do you do? You never stop praying that Jesus would save those people. You never stop praying for them. You never stop reaching out to them with the gospel. They are not too far gone. Until the day you stand over their graveside, they are not too great a sinner for Jesus to save. Are you hearing me? In my eyes, nobody's a bigger sinner than me. I, I got people that I, I'm worried about. You got people you worried about? You worried about their salvation? Good news today. You say, well, they're so, they're, they're so worldly, they're so immoral, they're so wicked. So was Matthew. So was I. And Jesus came for people just like that. Let's pray.